0: Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hey everyone, it's so good to connect with you again. You know, sometimes in life we get stuck and we get stuck in a moment that we can't seem to get out of. And uh, taking a step beyond can be challenging And you know, it's a little bit like it comes down to a moment, like a sliding doors moment, when if you go that way, there's one you know, outcome and the other direction, there's another outcome. And in our first session of this series last week, we looked at when you're stuck in that moment of the past and when you're stuck in that moment of the present. And we suggested that one of the keys to taking a step out of that stuckness was to let go, to take a step even when you can't see the whole staircase we want to push that idea a little bit further this week okay and specifically looking at when you get stuck in caves. And we're going to talk a little bit about caves today. Firstly, we're going to talk about man caves, like this one. Warning, you are entering Steve's man cave. My cave, my rules. Wikipedia says a man cave is a space and they call it man space, man land. It's that place specially designed for men, usually a garage or a spare room or a shed. And it's filled with what men want to do. And there's men's rules and no women are allowed. listen, women, for those of you that are getting all miffed, if you're a man or a woman and you have a man's space or a woman's space, what would you put in the space? What equipment, what, what feature has to go in the man's space or the woman's space? Pop it in the chat for us now, because here's a few man caves that are a little bit concerning, like this one. Absolutely full of the heads of animals. Oh, this one. Oh, go back to this one. And that one. And we go back to that one. Yeah, whoever's doing that is is interesting today. And golf. Who's got golf in their man cave? Or the next one. Car, pool table, casino, TV. Those are elements in a man cave. And then the final one. Yeah, very clean cut one there, the big screen TV, football, all of that. I don't know what's in your man cave or your woman's cave. You know, natural caves are incredible. Like this one here in the Bantu Caves in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. In fact, I've actually been there. I've walked up those steps into the cave. It is breathtaking, but it's nothing like this one. This is the biggest cave system in the world. This is in Vietnam. It's called Hang Son Dung, and it's so big, it has its own weather system. It has its own ecosystem inside the caves. But you know, caves are mysterious. They can be cold. They can be unwelcoming. And as you know, a few years ago, those lads in Thailand that were stuck in those caves and were rescued, they can be dangerous places. But you know, caves are a massive theme of the Bible. Why don't you come with me and I'll show you just what I mean. Caves are a recurring theme in the Bible. Caves are special places. They're places designed for discovery. It says in Isaiah 45 verse 3, I will give you treasures in the hidden places. It's like those secret, dark, hidden places are places of discovery. Somebody once said, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And during this year where we've been in this cave of COVID lockdown, In this place of discovery, we found some treasure. Caves were also places designed for safety. They were places of refuge where you ran to when you were in trouble. Like Gideon and the Israelites in the book of Judges, when they're faced with invading enemies, some of them riding on camels. They'd never seen that in warfare before. This was new, this was different. This was unusual and it was troubling. They ran to the hills and they found the caves for hiding. Then there was Elijah. He was running for his life as well because of of Queen Jezebel and her husband, King Ahab. And he found himself in a place of incredible discouragement, but he found himself in a cave. And for him, that place was a place of safety, not just where he could hide, but where he could recover and where he met God. And then there's David. In the book of 1 Samuel, David finds himself in the cave of Adullam. He's joined there by hundreds of other men who are in distress, who are in debt, who are disconnected. And in that place, they're hiding from the King Saul who's after them, but they're also recovering. Caves are places of safety where we can hide and where we can recover. Caves are also places that are designed to be temporary. You see, a cave acts like a vast echo chamber. And when you're trapped inside it long enough, the only voice you hear clearly is your own voice. That place of safety and recovery was always meant to be temporary. If not, the cave becomes a grave and you are never meant to stay there. We have to go one step beyond. And you know, as we take another step, um, as the government's roadmap here in the UK, and as we step hopefully out of lockdown, I wonder how many of us have found this lockdown experience to be a cave of discovery, maybe to be a cave of safety. But maybe for some of us, actually, we're stuck in a cave of discouragement. And whether you're a Christian or not, and whether this is the first time you've ever clicked on our link or watched with us or not, or whether you've been a Christian for many years, the the discouragement experience is like being trapped in a cave. And we want to invite you today, whether you're a person of faith or not, to take a step beyond that discouragement. And we're going to look at the story of David in the cave of Adullam. And just a few verses from 1 Samuel 22. And it says this in the Bible, David left Gath an escape to the cave of adullam see that sense of escape because he was on the run from king saul and so this was this place of safety that i talked about on the video when his brothers and his father's household heard about it they went down to him there they also went into the cave for safety and recovery and hiding all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered round him and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. And there's an interesting line here where it says they went down to him there. Now I know that's about geography, but I wonder metaphorically if there's a sense in which when we end up in a cave, we almost like go down into that, that space. You see, a cave is great for a season, it's safety. It's recovery, it's hiding, but it was always meant to be temporary. Because if it's not temporary, this is what happens. The cave becomes a grave. And the cave that you and I find ourselves in, that for a temporary moment was safety, was discovery, all all of a sudden becomes a, a grave that holds us and contains us and restricts us. And I don't think God wants any of us to stay in those kind of caves And you know, these men, it says they went down to that cave. And there's like a progression uh, into discouragement, isn't there? And um, you know, it says in the Bible that these men who joined David were in distress. The word in Hebrew literally means bitter in spirit. Maybe you feel bitter in spirit today. It also says that they were in debt, they were indebted to other people. And for a Jew, at this season of their history, it was illegal to be in debt like this. So this was a bad situation. And then discontented. And that word discontented is interesting. And the prefix dis that we put before so many of our words is really a really interesting prefix. It means opposite. It means torn apart of. And during lockdown, I think many of us have used the word dis and other words so many times. Let me give you a couple of examples. This has been a season of disruption, of distress, of discomfort, of disconnection. Some of us may be a disaster. But I think to end up in the cave of discouragement, often we go on a journey down. And we go on a journey down through three phases. And I want to take you to the TV to show you. The first one is Disappointed. How many of us have been disappointed during this season? Disappointed literally means you're you're, you're taken apart from an appointment. So there was an appointment and you were taken apart from it, so you get disappointment. And when we stay in, and disappointment's part of life. We've had massive disappointment this week, okay, with Alison's car. I won't go into all the, the details, but it's incredibly disappointing and incredibly expensive. But if you stay in disappointment too long, it goes to the next one, which is disillusioned. All of a sudden, you can feel not only disappointed in the car, but you're just disillusioned with everything, you know, the whole of life. And I remember somebody once saying years ago, God is never disillusioned with you because he never had any illusions in the first place. And many of us get dis- disillusioned in life because we have illusions of what life was meant to be. And if you stay in disappointment and disillusioned too long, you end up in the cave of discouraged, the bottom one. You end up in this cave of discouragement. It literally means taken away from your courage. There's your courage, You're discouraged. You've been pulled apart from your courage. You have no hope. You have no optimism. You have no enthusiasm and you are stuck in the cave of discouragement. But you know, I've got great news for you today. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. You see, and maybe for you, you ask the question how did I end up in this cave? How did I end up so discouraged? A little bit like the other guy in the Bible, Elijah, that I referenced earlier. You know, he was a man that, like David, knew great moments. David had his great big day uh, killing Goliath, and then just a few chapters later, he's in the cave of Adullam. Well, Elijah had his great big day on a mountain calling down fire. Uh, showing that God is God and like being the hero of the nation. And then he's chased into the desert by the king and the queen who are screaming murderous threats there after his life. And the, and the Bible says he goes into the desert, he leaves his attendant on one side, his servant, he just, he just can't, he just has to be on his own. And he ends up in a cave not a man cave with a fuse ball table and a, a you know and a casino and a, a golf you know driving range none of that he just ends up in the cave of discouragement and then God meets him and asks him a question what are you doing here i love the tenderness of god you know god knows what's going on in your life but he still asks the question hey what's going on why because he wants relationship he wants you to talk to him. He wants to have a dialogue and a conversation. Hey, how did you end up in the cave of discouragement? God knows the answer, but he's asking the question because he wants to draw out relationship. And I wonder how did Elijah end up in this cave of discouragement? And how did David end up in this cave of discouragement? And how have you maybe ended up in a cave of discouragement? I want to suggest there's usually four causative factors. Firstly, Firstly, is fatigue. We just get tired. Like Elijah was so tired. David was so tired. You know, when you're on the run, you're so tired. Many of us have felt, you know, not just tired during lockdown, but fatigued. We felt like exhausted, you know, on, on Zoom all the time and on computers all the time, and, and very little of the stuff that's replenished us, and we felt like we have fatigued. But that often then leads to this other causative factor, which is frustration. So much frustration and it saps away at our soul. And maybe if there's failure involved as well, and, or maybe that sense that we failed somehow. And I know David had that. You know, He, he fought Goliath and all of a sudden everything was great. And then the king, who, who, should have, who at one stage was applauding him and saying, hey, David, you're amazing. Now it's trying to kill him. And then David must have felt, what have I done wrong? Elijah, that sense of failure and that finally leads to fear. And often it's fear that holds us in the cave of discouragement. And when you are in the cave of discouragement, here's the big battle for you. It's the fear you feel versus the God that you know. It's the fear that you feel versus the God that you know. And guys, as, we, as you maybe watched this last week, as people started going to the hairdressers and, and, and going out to pubs uh, you know, outside and going in people's gardens and all of that. And as you saw other people doing that, maybe for you, you still feel that actually, I'm in not just in a cave of discouragement. I don't really want to go out. And maybe for you, the fear that you feel is at odds with the God that you know. You can be in a cave and if it's for a moment, it's safety. For a moment, it's discovery. For a moment, it's hiding and recovery and it's great. If you stay there too long, that cave will become a grave and you are never, ever meant to be there. So how do I know if I'm in a cave of discouragement? How do I know if this cave has become a grave? I love this quote by a guy called Kerry Newoff. He said this, If your season doesn't have a beginning or an ending, it's not a season. It's your life. And if you feel like you're feeling right now, and it's not just a season, you felt like it a long time, it ain't a season, it's your life. And maybe you're in a cave of discouragement. So how do we take a step beyond the cave of discouragement? To help us, David did some journaling while he was in the cave. I don't know how many of you journal. I know not everyone does. I do, but I know not everyone does. And I went on Google this week and found a few kids entries into their diaries or their journals, which I thought was really funny. And this one, this little kid said this, Dear diary, hope you've had a good day today. Well, good for you, because I didn't. So I'm being very honest there. And this other one, the man I marry, so this kid must love Chinese food, Romeo and Juliet and me. I wanna suggest you might wanna put the order of that one round a little bit longer than that. And this one, I have no friends at all. Actually, I have Jesus, but He isn't talking to me. Oh! And then teenagers, what, what are teenagers writing there? This one is, a, is just a typical teenage one. And if you're a teenager out there, you know that this is true. Here, she said this, I am grounded to my room for a whole 20 minutes. That is forever. I am going to die. Okay, you remember that very well, some of you. And this one, I thought this is so profound. My thoughts are toppings I cannot fathom into a pizza. That's quite profound and philosophical. But you know, David's journaling wasn't like that. David's journaling were the Psalms. And he wrote some of his most amazing Psalms from the cave of Adullam. And one that we want to share with you right now, rather than just read it, I want you to listen to it and you're going to watch some images of caves that we've put together. I don't think these are the images that David would have experienced in this little cave out there in Israel. But just imagine David journaling his emotions, journaling his feelings, writing them down and expressing them in a psalm like this one, Psalm 57.
1: Psalm 57 have mercy on me my God have mercy on me for in you I take refuge I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed I cry out to God most high to God who vindicates me he sends from heaven and saves me rebuking those who hotly pursue me God sends forth his love and his faithfulness my heart O God is steadfast my heart is steadfast I will sing and make music awake my soul awake harp and lyre I will awaken the dawn I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth.
0: beautiful psalm written from the cave of discouragement. And when your cave becomes a grave, what do you do? I want to suggest, guys, this is the step we need to take. You need to wake up your heart. You need to wake up your heart. You see, what happens with discouragement is it's like that pulling apart. It's the opposite. Your courage has been pulled apart. And often where that is, is in your heart. You know, my name is Leon, which means lion hearted. And it's really interesting, some of the countries that I'm connected to in Bulgaria, where the whole shape of Bulgaria is like a lion. Their money is it's from a lion. You go to, to Albania, similar kind of feel. And, and, and that lion hearted that courage is connected to your heart. Maybe some of you today are feeling that you, you've lost your courage. Actually, you've lost your heart. Maybe you've lost your heart for life. Maybe you've lost your heart for, for faith even. And I think the step we need to take when we are in the cave of discouragement is to literally wake up our heart. You see, for David, nothing changed. You know, and Saul was still after him. In fact, it was a long time later that the whole circumstance changed. He had to do something in the cave of discouragement. He had to wake up his own heart. And from verse seven, it says this, and I'll read it from a different translation. It says, My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. See, he's waking up his heart. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up my heart. He's talking to himself now. Wake up my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. And I don't think David is saying, it's so great in my life right now that I can't stop singing. I think he's saying, it's really awful in my life. But I'm gonna sing anyway. I will sing. I will wake up my heart. For your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. These are beautiful words, but they're written in the cave. Of discouragement and he's surrounded by 400 men of Adullam and, and, and they're in distress and they're in debt and they're disconnected and they're, they're all the other dis-words you can imagine. They're disillusioned, they're disheartened, they're disappointed, they're discouraged. But in the middle of it all, he wakes up his heart. Guys, as we begin to emerge out of lockdown, as we begin to open doors again, you know, as we begin to go to places again, as we begin to do all that, listen, you can be as open as you like and you can still be in the cave of discouragement. It's all about your heart. It's not about your external circumstances. It's about your heart. And I want to invite you, if you're a person of faith or not, to take a step beyond discouragement and wake up your heart. How do we do that? How do we wake up our heart in the cave of discouragement? Let me just give you three simple ideas. Firstly, gratitude. Gratitude is so important. You hear it in in, in the words of David here. You know, That sense of what I have in God is greater than what I don't have in life. And you know, and Alison and myself, and it's a small thing really, but as we were coming to grips with like the car, and I won't go into all the background, okay, but we were getting a little bit fed up of of what's happened, okay. And we had to remind ourselves and get a grip of ourselves yesterday. Hey, what we have in God is far greater than what we don't have in life, okay, or what we'd like to have in life. Gratitude is so powerful. You know, you won't stay in the cave of discouragement long if you activate your gratitude. And gratitude leads on to the second idea, which is thankfulness. And you might think that's the same thing. No, it's not. You see, gratitude is being grateful. Thankfulness is expressing it. There's a great story where where Jesus is um, walking along the road and these 10 people who are affected by leprosy, the Bible calls them lepers. We don't use that terminology now, but but they are affected by leprosy. And they come to Jesus and Jesus heals all 10 of them. And nine of them just carry on, but one turns around and comes back and says, thank you. It's like, were they grateful? All of them were grateful. They all had gratitude, but only one turned that gratitude into thankfulness. That's when you activate it. It's when you express it. It's when you begin to acknowledge where the source of it has come from. That's so, so important. It's expressed gratitude. It's when you speak out your gratefulness. You speak out your gratitude. You are thankful. And I want to encourage you and invite you. And maybe even right now in the chat, some of you want to do that. Why don't you just write Then What are you grateful for? You know, you're grateful in your heart, but when you express it, either write it or speak it, you move to thankfulness. This is why it's so important. And the third big idea is worship. And you see what happens is that when you take gratitude and you add to thankfulness, then you express it as worship to God. And you say, God, I'm so grateful for what you've done and I'm so grateful for who you are in my life. And right now, there are circumstances which are difficult. There are circumstances which are soul destroying and discouraging, but I'm going to worship you anyway, even in the middle of all this. I'm going to acknowledge the source. You see, what we say is we say this. What we're saying is this don't let what's wrong with your world stop you or keep you from worshiping what's right with your God. Don't let what's wrong with your world keep you from worshiping what's right with your God. You know, Paul and Silas were two of the early church leaders, and they were in prison cell one day in the book of Acts. And like a cave, if you like, they were in. They, were, they must have been discouraged. But the Bible says at midnight, they were singing hymns of praise to God. And then an angel came and they were set free from their cave. They were set free from their prison. Now listen, it wasn't that God showed up and then they worshipped. No, no, no. They worshipped and then God showed up. They were in the middle of their story. They didn't know whether God would show up, but they worshipped Him anyway. And I want to invite you guys, I don't know what's been going on in your life or what's going on right now. And I don't know whether God will show up for you or not or how He will, but can we worship Him anyway? That's exactly what Paul and Silas did. In their cave of discouragement, where they were pulled apart from courage, they woke up their own heart. They said, wake up heart. And they, out of their gratitude, out of their thankfulness, they worshiped God and God showed up anyway. Isn't that amazing. And, and I don't know, but maybe for you right now, maybe there's some of you and you're watching right now, whether you're watching live or whether you're watching Later On Demand and you say, hey, that's all very well and good. But right now you don't know how discouraged I actually am. And you might say, you don't know how long I've actually been in this cave of discouragement. And maybe you say, I don't have the strength to wake up my own heart. I've got great news for you. You don't have to. There is somebody who wants to wake up your heart for you. Come with me. Let me show you. The cave became a grave, literally, for one of Jesus' closest friends, Lazarus. I mean, by the time Jesus arrived at his friend's grave, I mean, Lazarus was way more than discouraged. In fact, he'd been dead for days. He had no ability to wake up his own heart, no ability to take another step beyond. And yet he did. How? Because Jesus spoke into his friend's cave and called him out of his grave. Here's the amazing thing. You know, Jesus Himself was most likely born, not in a stable, but in a cave. And when He was crucified, dead and buried, He was placed in a borrowed cave that became a grave. But He didn't stay there because God raised Him from the dead. You see, resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. And because Jesus lives and still speaks, He calls you and I out of our caves, out of our graves, so that we can take another step beyond. I love that. Resurrection means that the worst thing you can imagine is never the last thing. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he called his friend Lazarus out of the cave that had become a grave. You see, he couldn't wake up his own heart because he was gone. And maybe this, this today or wherever you're watching this, you're saying, hey, I can't wake up my heart. But hey, there is one who calls your name, who wants to call you out of your cave of discouragement. And I also think about Elijah, You know, kind of tracking these two stories together. Elijah that ends up in that cave. And, and the Bible says in 1 Kings 19, you can read it yourself if you want to, that, that God got his attention. And he got his attention by doing this amazing kind of like Steven Spielberg, like, uh, 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 you know, special effects thing. There was an earthquake, there was wind, and there was a fire. But even though God did that, actually, God presenced himself with Elijah and he spoke to him. And the Bible says he spoke to him in a whisper. And in that cave, that was a place of safety and recovery. But it was always meant to be temporary. And it was almost like that cave had become a grave. God called him out of that with a whisper. What did he say? I've got no idea. But all I know is that because Elijah heard it, it means one thing. God had to be close. You cannot hear a whisper unless you are close. Our youngest son, Simeon, as many of you know, has got a learning disability, very complex disability. One of the things in his life, we see him every week, um, he's in residential care. But one of the things that we love to do is to chat with him, which is really hard because he doesn't have much speech. And, and in latter years, he's, he, he, he doesn't like loud noises. And so often when he communicates, he whispers. And often we find ourselves saying either on the phone or when we're with Him, Hey, let speak a little louder. And we're leaning in. We have to lean in and get a little bit closer so that we can hear the whisper. But you know, guys, I want you to know, if God whispers, it means He's close. It means He is close to you. And I'm going to be praying for you in just a few moments that you will hear the whisper of God like Elijah did. That you'd hear the voice of Jesus like Lazarus did. That you would hear God speak to you and call you out of the cave of discouragement to take a step. And maybe you can't wake up your own heart, but maybe He can. Maybe He can. And when you hear His voice, and I know in my life, when I've heard God speak, when I've heard His whisper, it's meant all the difference. Times in my life that have been difficult and painful, you know, losing parents, losing friends tragically, um, situations at home, you know, things that you, you can't get your head around, leadership challenges, church challenges. In those moments when I felt in the cave of discouragement, it hasn't been the lights and, and the, you know, the earthquake and the wind and the fire, it's been the voice, it's been the whisper of God. Just, and even if I don't quite know what He's saying, I know He's close. And He's close because you can't hear a whisper if you're not close. Guys, He's close to you. Whoever you are, wherever, whenever you're watching this, whatever's been going on, I know maybe for some of you, you've had incredible loss and pain. You know, I, I like you, I, I felt so, so much uh, empathy for the Queen yesterday, just, just looking at that 94-year-old lady, wife, mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, sat on her own grieving the loss of the love of her life. And I thought, isn't that a picture of so many of us, how we felt through this season? But I want you to know, and I believe the Queen knows this as well, God is close. And if He doesn't wake up our heart, okay, maybe we need to be the ones that wake up our heart. But I tell you what, together, you and God, we can wake up our heart. And maybe, maybe it's time some of us woke up, or maybe it's time some of us were woken up. So I want to give you an invitation right now to take a step beyond where you are. Maybe for some of you, you're not yet a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're not sure about faith. Or maybe you you believe, but you're just not quite sure. Or maybe you don't believe and and you want to find out some more. You know, we run something here called the Alpha Course. It's, It's an international thing all around the world. There are literally thousands of people who've done it. And it starts on Wednesday, April the 21st. And we're joining with 150 other churches that we're in relationship with. And we're gonna be running it together um, virtually. So it's online. Uh, And that's all you need to do. You don't even need to leave your home to take a step beyond. But what you do need to do is to sign up. And here's how you can do it. It's coming up on the screen right now. You can go to our website or you could take your phone out and you could text LCC Alpha and your name to 60777. So if it was me, I'd go LCC Alpha Leon Evans, 60777, press send. Then someone will send you an email back and, and help you just to register and connect. There's already lots of people here in this church uh, and, and through this church that have signed up and gonna be joining us on Wednesday. We'd love you to do that. That's a step beyond or maybe for you, you know that you're a follower of Jesus. But actually, you know, you know one of the things that I said on, that, on one of those cave videos was a cave acts like an echo chamber. And when you're in it long enough, it's like the only voice you hear clearly is your own voice. And I know for me, when I found myself in caves of discouragement, if I'm only listening to myself, I ain't getting out. It's like I need other voices to speak into the cave in, in my own mind. That's where for us, relationship is so important. And I'm in one of what we call connect groups and I love our connect group. And often I've been in our connect group and it's been the other guys and girls in our group that have spoken into my life and into my situation and into the echo chamber in my head. And I wanna invite you, if you're not in one of these groups, again, we'd love you to take a step beyond. This will help you out of any cave that you're in, having other people in there with you. You know, David was surrounded. He had like his big connect group in the cave of Adullab. And interestingly enough, these guys became the mighty men of David later on. They didn't all stay in that cave of discouragement. God did something in and among them later on, they wrote history. I believe what God is doing right now in some of our connect groups is gonna be writing history for the future. If you're not in one, you can be. And hey, listen, this is so good. If you live miles away from us, okay, even the other side of the world, you can join a connect group as well. We have some virtual groups that we're about to launch. So again, if you wanna take another step, join a connect group in person or virtually, you can follow the link that's coming in the chat now and you can do that. And finally, I want to pray for you. Guys, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you would be able to wake up your heart. But if you can't, that you'd hear the voice of God, even a whisper. And I want to pray for you right now. And if you are in discouragement right now, in fact, I want to ask the guys who are monitoring the chat, put the prayer link in the chat right now, guys, if you can. Maybe there's some of you and you're in that cave of discouragement. You know you are. You don't need anyone to tell you, you know you are. And you wanna just acknowledge that and take a step beyond that. I wanna pray for you right now. Maybe you could fill in one of those responses and somebody will pray for you. Our team will pray for you this week. But let me just pray and then we're gonna finish. Jesus, I wanna thank you for every single person watching whenever or wherever they're watching this from. God, may they know that whatever cave they're in, you are in there with them. God, may they hear your voice. May they know your presence and may they sense your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. You know, one of the things that I imagine David doing in the Psalms and in those caves was when he was journeying and writing the Psalms out, I imagine him at certain points just putting his pen down or whatever he was writing on, you know, I don't know what he's writing on, we'll leave that. And I imagine him just putting his hands up in the air and worshipping God. And even though he's in a cave, worshipping, thankful, grateful for the goodness of God. And right now, as we finish, guys, I want to invite you to join with us wherever you are. Now, if you're driving, don't put your hands up in the air, all right? But if it's safe, why don't you put your hands up in the air? Why don't you sing? Why don't you let that gratitude and that thankfulness move your lips and move your heart, wake up your heart as we sing and as we worship and as we thank God for His incredible goodness. God bless you guys. Let's sing.